The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew from the fifth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our Gospel this morning is Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 12, and can be found on page 1501 in your pew Bible. Matthew records, Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. This week was uh, a week with some very memorable happenings to me. Conversations that I had, interactions with some here and people abroad. I was asked a question on Friday night. Pastor, what do you do if you hate somebody? What do you do to stop hating them? Before I even thought about it, came out of my mouth, you pray for him. What do I do? I hate this person. What do I do? Pray for him. And that was the end of the conversation. I mean, we, we were still talking later, but that was, that was the answer. And, and I thanked uh, the Holy Spirit and God for that kind of wisdom. We are certainly in a time right now of hate. Not today, so much as we remember those who have gone before us, but in this world, there's an awful lot of hate. What do you do? You pray for them. You pray also for eyes to see, glimpses of the kingdom of heaven right here and right now, and that's what we're going to talk about this morning. You can agree with me or not, but I hope you do, that there are many biblical texts that we have heard so many times that it is kind of tempting to 
just go on autopilot. Just, yeah, heard that. If we were to list these texts, these ones that we've heard time and time again, surely the Beatitudes from today's gospel would be in the top ten. We tend to say, ah, oh, yes. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. We've heard it before. There's a nice pattern in these words, and it all sounds very noble and very nice. But do we ever actually think about the meaning of the Beatitudes? When we hear the sound of those words, do we actually pay attention? And then when we do stop and study the Beatitudes, we often convert them, we meaning human beings in our own understanding, we often convert them into a list of things that we have to get right in order for God to bless us. We go on a quest to become poor in spirit, sorrowful and meek and so forth. And to add to this, this problem, there is an unfortunate linguistic twist. The word beatitude sounds like two English words, be and attitude. And it's easy for us to start thinking that these are the attitudes that I and you must be in order to get these blessings from God. There are many publications, witless publications, but there are many out there that play around with the unfortunate linguistic twist and have titles such as the Be Happy Attitudes. This is an awful twisting of Scripture that can cause the believer to panic and to be discouraged or to be broken by the church. Some of you may be wondering, oh, wow, what happened to Pastor Ken? Well, it'll get nicer. It is our natural attitude as fallen human beings to find these things desirable. We, we, we like it when someone says, you can take control of your life if you follow these guidelines, these principles, the steps that you can achieve your goal. That kind of thinking is irresistible to our old sinful nature. But it's all a lie. How sad it is for me to talk with people, many who have been broken by the church, who have heard these false teaching all their lives, and they don't understand why it hasn't worked for them. They will turn to me and say, Pastor, Pastor, 
I have really hungered and I've thirsted for righteousness and I don't feel satisfied. I have mourned, but I don't feel comforted. I have tried to be pure in heart and I just can't get it right. What can I do? Someone, somewhere, has taken the marvelous gospel, these blessings of Jesus Christ, and they have twisted them into law. And the weight of that perverted law crushes people, and it drives them into despair. It breaks my heart to see such despair because there is such great gospel good news in the Beatitudes. Do you want to hear them? No? Yes? Okay. There's many ways to study the Beatitudes. One good way is to begin with the bookends. Okay? By that I mean the first Beatitude and the eighth Beatitude. They are, for your memory, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And number eight is, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Bookends. These beatitudes, they promise us, they promise us the kingdom of heaven. Now you have heard about the kingdom of heaven before today. In the Greek language, a kingdom is not just a place. No, a kingdom is the ruling activity of the king. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is the ruling presence of God. The kingdom of heaven is the deeds of God performed in and through Jesus Christ, God's only Son. The kingdom of heaven includes everything that Jesus did and still does to bring us life eternal with him. So basically, the kingdom of heaven is Jesus Christ himself. When he said the kingdom of heaven is near, you can reach out and touch him. Now the phrase... Poor in spirit simply describes the way we are. You're poor in spirit. So am I. Poor in spirit. We have no spiritual resources. We are born into the debt of sin, and we only go deeper into that debt as we live. All people are poor in spirit. Everyone, everywhere is poor in spirit. They can't help it. The first beatitude, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, it teaches us this, that the presence of God in human flesh, in the person of Jesus, is a blessing for all sinners. Now the people who heard Jesus teach 
this the first time. They didn't have the whole story, but we do. We know that Jesus is a blessing for all sinners because he took the sin of debt of the world, all of the sin of the world, and he took it to the cross where he paid it in full. And we who were deep in the debt of sin are now rich in Jesus Christ, who is the kingdom of heaven. Our wealth in Christ has made sure when Jesus rose from the dead. The beatitude, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, means this. Sinners are blessed because Jesus earned salvation for them. The bookend, the eighth beatitude, also describes the way that we are. Jesus describes us as persecuted for righteousness' sake. The righteousness in this phrase is not our good deeds. Instead, it is the righteousness of Christ that he has earned for us with his perfect life and innocent suffering and death. The world hates Jesus. And so it hates those who have his righteousness. And as a result, the world persecutes those who believe. And when this happens, Jesus promises us his blessing. The one who reigns in heaven already belongs to the believers in such horrible times. Now, the persecution of the church is part of the now, but not yet of the Christian faith. The present reign of Christ in this world is a hidden reality. He rules, not from power, but from the apparent weakness of the cross. He shows his true power only to those who believe in him. It is only on the last day that all people will see Jesus and know that he is both Lord and Christ. That's the one day every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that we sing. But until then, he will bless his church even as she suffers persecution for his name's sake. The bookend Beatitudes, they teach us that the true blessings of these Beatitudes depend entirely on Jesus. There is nothing that we can do to earn these blessings, for we are spiritually poor. And as we remember the blessing that Jesus gives us in these bookends, we see that all the Beatitudes depend on on Jesus, all of them. Now those who have Christ, who is the kingdom of heaven, we can look out at the world around us. We look and we see many who reject the kingdom of heaven. We see the sin, the evil of the world, and it breaks our hearts. It's consuming. We see it on the news. We think about it. 
We mourn over the sin that we see in ourselves and the sin that we see around us. And Jesus tells us that these mourners are blessed because when the last day comes, he will comfort. And all their te- tears will be taken away. And all their sorrows will be gone. And even as he lives with them now in a way that we cannot see, we will see him and we will live with him forever. Now those who have Christ, who is the kingdom of heaven, look at themselves and they see that they are meek. They are not meek because they seek meekness. They have not set out on a quest to become meek. They are meek because, because as sinners, meek is all that we can be. Meek describes the helpless sinner. Nonetheless, because of the work that Jesus has done for us on the cross, we will rule with Jesus on a new earth, the earth that replaces this sinful world on the last day. The meek will inherit the earth. Those who have Christ, who is the kingdom of heaven, now that Jesus Christ is their righteousness, they know that they are helpless and only the righteousness given to them by Christ saves them. The funny thing is, is once that they have tasted the righteousness of Christ, they want as much as they can get. They always hunger and thirst for more of the righteousness that is Jesus. Jesus says that these people are already blessed because on the last day he will, deci- he will satisfy their desire for righteousness and they will be filled. Think about it. If you've missed Bible study or you look forward to Bible study, you look forward to this service, you thirst, you hunger for his righteousness and you will be filled. Those who have Christ who is the kingdom of heaven continuously receive Christ's mercy. Not only does Christ's mercy work in them, but it also works through them. This beatitude describes the church of Jesus Christ as a community of people who freely forgive those who sin against them. This beatitude, it parallels the fifth petition of the Lord's Prayer when we say, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. This mercy is not something that we work in ourselves, but it is something that Christ works in us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Those who have Christ, who is the kingdom of heaven, have a pure heart. We receive the forgiveness of sins when the Holy Spirit works faith in us and that we believe in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. When the Holy Spirit does, when he does that, he performs a heart transplant. What he does is he removes our dead and unbelieving heart, and he creates a new heart in us. And when the Holy Spirit works faith in us, he gives us a pure heart. And those who have such a pure heart will see God face to face. 
For the day will come when God will call us out of this valley of sorrow unto himself in heaven. And those who have Christ, who is the kingdom of heaven, actually are peacemakers. Even though they are spiritually impoverished, God has generously made peace with them through his Son, Jesus Christ. And by virtue of our Savior's holy precious blood and innocent suffering and death, we have peace with God. Those who have that peace readily share it with others. Peace be with you. They proclaim the message, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now the summary blessing after the last bookend, it doesn't seem like much of a blessing at first. You remember it's blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Doesn't sound like a blessing. Nobody enjoys being an outcast. But how else can we expect the sinful world to treat those whose sins have been forgiven. When people in this world make us miserable because we trust in Christ, we have the promise of blessing from Jesus himself. It's not our job to earn the blessings of the Beatitudes. Instead, Jesus has taken it on himself to give us these blessings in his love in order that to give us his gifts, he endured our punishment, and he carried our shame. These blessings, they come to us freely by God's grace and not by anything that we do in ourselves. The world, in its wisdom, would look at these beatitudes and say, these are the symptoms of those who have that disease known as Christianity. But those who know that they are poor in spirit, they look at these Beatitudes and they see the signs of Jesus Christ and his church. They see the gifts God has already given us. Rejoice and be glad for your reward in heaven is great. In the name of Jesus, Amen.